Fort Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. It's Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for another day this week here for Teresa Tamio. It's a wonderful August 6th Friday morning. Happy blessed birthday to my dear husband, Ron, who's out golfing and I'm sure enjoying his day. I also want to put out there to do a special prayer and blessing for Gail Coniglio's daughter, Courtney, getting married today to Eduardo. Uh, she's part of T's team, and I've had the pleasure of uh, getting to know her over the last few years through Teresa. She's also um, a publicist of mine as we're trying to work on getting a book published uh, that I co-wrote. I wrote with uh, Tom Naimi about his testimony. That's a whole other story, but I wanted to give blessings to uh, Courtney and Eduardo on their wedding day and ask all of you to pray for them. Bless their marriage. And uh, happy belated birthday to Father Mitch Pacwa as well. Uh, he celebrated his birthday last month. We have a wonderful show lineup, uh, powerhouse guests here this morning, and then EWTN National Hour here on Catholic Connection. Doug Keck will be joining us, President and COO of EWTN. Uh, each week he joins Teresa to talk about the inside word and looking at upcoming TV and radio programming on the network. And one of my favorite things that I like to do, and I've shared this before, is I like to go to EWTN and all their different platforms, find stories that really interest me, and I share them on my social media platforms. Uh, communications evangelist coach Vanessa Denhagarmo is one that I share the most. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. But I share stories because... One, I love, I, I am a person that loves information. I used to be a, a self, I used to be a news junkie, not so much anymore. I'm more of a Catholic news junkie. You know, I get my news from Catholic outlets now, EWTN and, and Ave Maria Radio and Catholic outlets and programming and, and, uh, print platforms as well. And I share that with others because that is another way I evangelize the faith. I'm, I'm blessed to be a talk show host and have my own show on Catholic Radio and fill in for Teresa. But another way to evangelize the faith and something that we all can do is go to these platforms that provide this information and share the information with others. And I do this all the time. I, you know, I'll hear something that, you know, El Cresta talked about or any of the guests here on, on Catholic Radio and on EWTN and all the programs that are Dr. Ray Garendi and the Pop Checks and all the people that share information. And I go out and I, I share their stories, their platforms, their radio interviews. Uh, their segments with other people on my platforms because we're all called to evangelize the faith. And it's a very simple and easy thing to do because the work is done for us. So not only are we gleaning information, learning something new, but we're sharing that information with others. And so I really encourage you to do the same. I go to EWTN website on a regular basis. I find out what's going on. Uh, National Catholic Register, pop culture, all of it. And I, I read and I see what's happening in radio and television and the print publications and stories pop out at me. And I, you know, I, I read stuff and I said, oh, you know what? This would be great for so and so. Or I'm going to put this on my Facebook page and, or I'm going to tweet this. And, and so that's a way to evangelize the faith. And I really, really encourage all of you 
to do the same. Also coming up in this national hour is Steve Ray. We'll be talking about the Feast of the Transfiguration. Of course, uh, Steve Ray is a Catholic convert and popular Catholic talk show host and author, pilgrimage leader, speaker, filmmaker. He's done it all. And so we'll talk with him about the transfiguration and also about pilgrimages as um, things continue to open up and travel is becoming easier uh, in all over the world. Um, there's some places that there are still st- strict restrictions, but we'll talk to Steve Ray about where they're going, what they're doing, what pilgrimages are coming up, how do we safely travel, and uh, and about the Feast of the Transfiguration. What does that mean? How do we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration? And this is another way to evangelize the faith is sharing feast days and putting these on your platforms and learning about our saints and the, and the feasts that come up and what does the Feast of the Transfiguration uh, mean and you know, uh, we'll be talking to Steve about um, you know the pilgrimages and places on on in, in uh, areas uh, where Jesus traveled, um, and uh, how we can participate. But these are all ways to evangelize the faith is sharing these stories and this information that others provide to you. These are experts in their area. These are talk show hosts and guests and various platforms that you know, uh, share with us information and we go out and share that information with other people. And um, another way, you know, I was talking about this in the last hours also to, you know, really have some self-awareness. You know, we can't share what we don't know and we can't share of ourselves if we don't really know who we are. And we're all blessed with talents and gifts upon birth and upon our baptism, our charisms, by the Holy Spirit, and we use these charisms to evangelize the faith. And some, and we also use our talents and gifts um, in our profession, in our everyday life, you know, in our vocations, you know, if we're, we're husbands and wives and parents, if we're business owners, if we're executives, if we're doctors, if we're lawyers, if we're teachers, we all have these talents and gifts, and we use them uh, in our everyday life, and we, we take these talents and we sharpen them, we sharpen the saw, and we make them really strong. Uh, we make them our strengths, and we use them to better the world, to improve our communications. And I do, I talk about this all the time with my, my clients in, in my consulting business, Epiphany Communications and Coaching, to help my clients, and sometimes I do a lot of Christian coaching to help my clients have the self-awareness so they can go out and evangelize the faith, brings others to Christ, and, and in their own personal lives, be better parents, be better spouses, be better business executives and leaders and managers and teachers and lawyers and doctors and, and improve their communication skills. Self-awareness is so important. We're all made in the likeness and image of God. We're all given talents. We're all blessed with charisms. We have to know what those are. We have to be self-aware of who we are. What are the gifts that we have? And um, I talked about this last hour, but one question I'm going to leave with you is, you know, describe yourself using three short phrases and ask your friends to describe to you how they see you and what are your talents and gifts. And of all the things that you do well, which one or two or three things do you do really the best? Those are self-awareness questions. And with self-awareness, we could bring others to Christ. We are approaching seven minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio, and now it is time for the news. Republicans are pleading with President Biden to do more to help free Cuba. 
Governor Ron DeSantis says those on the communist island need help and they're not getting it. I called immediately for internet to be restored, uh, to have the United States take the lead. That has not happened yet. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways where that could possibly be happening. The group is calling for the Biden administration to escalate actions against the Cuban regime with more sanctions and humanitarian aid. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has been in Miami for the past two days attending roundtables and a rally last night in Little Havana calling for the U.S. to help free Cuba. According to a couple news outlets, New Jersey officials are expected to announce today that all K-12 through students will be wearing masks to start off the school year. These parents are reacting. Most of them are too young to get vaccinated, so until there's a vaccine for them, I think they definitely should be masked. I don't think it's fair. It makes the classroom uncomfortable. Originally, Governor Murphy said the plan was to have the school districts decide on their own mask policies. Meanwhile, New York State's Health Department is not issuing mask guidance and will leave it up to local school districts. The state's health commissioner says schools and districts should develop plans to open in person in the fall as safely as possible. And he recommends following CDC and local health department guidelines. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis believes the state law he signed banning mask mandates will stand up in court. Speaking at a Tampa General Hospital, he answered questions about a potential suit in the Tampa Bay area. It's our belief that this should be a parent's choice. I think it flows directly from that bill, and I think we'll end up winning. The suit claims the no-mask mandate law violates local control of schools under the state constitution. The White House has condemned states that have enacted laws banning mask rules in schools. China is fighting a worsening outbreak of the Delta variant and pushing an unfounded conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was leaked from a U.S. Army lab in Maryland. Beijing has doubled down on the conspiracy over the last week after rejecting a World Health Organization proposal for further investigation into origins of the virus. The organization wants to audit laboratories and markers in the city of Wuhan, the original epicenter of the pandemic. A New York City divorce lawyer is murdered in Queens and his Queens office after reportedly being threatened. Sarah Lee Kessler reports. A lawyer who works in the same Jackson Heights building as the victim, Charles Zolot, told police that a client and his brother had threatened Zolot the night before. A maintenance worker found the 65-year-old lawyer dead in his 82nd Street office Thursday morning. Police say he'd been beaten and stabbed. Zolot was due in court that day. Police are checking out surveillance video looking for suspects. Travelers to Canada could face long delays when the border with the U.S. opens on Monday. Nearly 9,000 Canada Border Service Agency workers at highway ports of entry, airports, and commercial shipping ports are set to go on strike today. They've been working without a contract for more than three years and say they should get greater parity with other law enforcement agencies across Canada. That could have a dramatic impact for U.S. travelers and slow down commercial travel, affecting Canada's supply chain. The Dixie Fire is leaving much more of one town in charred ruins. NBC's Steve Patterson has more. Most of the structures, homes, businesses, and the heart of this small town of Greenville, California, here in Northern California, laid waste, destroyed by the now massive Dixie Fire. 
The fire ripped through the town early yesterday. The Dixie Fire has now torched more than 361,000 acres and remains about 35% contained. Spirit Airlines is canceling even more flights, at least a third so far today, and it won't get any better over the weekend. But the CEO promises they're starting to turn the tide and get things going again. He apologized for all the problems blamed on bad weather, staffing shortages, and technology issues. He admits they couldn't get in front of it, saying this hasn't been the company's proudest moment. He says those affected will get cash refunds. Well, here here is Frank Garrity with the latest Olympic news. It's 54 consecutive Olympic wins now for the U.S. women's basketball team. If they get number 55, they will be gold medalists again. The U.S. beating Serbia 79-59 as Brittany Griner scored 15 points and grabbed a dozen rebounds. Gold for April Ross and Alex Kleiman in beach volleyball, and the women's volleyball team advanced to the gold medal match. He took silver in the men's 110-meter hurdles, and that's just fine with American Grant Holloway. At first, it was a little... A little distraught, but, you know, to actually have this medal around my neck, to actually go through the rounds and go to the award ceremony and, you know, think about everything that I did this year. I think this was just another dream come true. Holloway missed out on gold by five hundredths of a second. Both Americans qualified for the semifinals in men's 10-meter platform diving. Brandon Lociabo was 11th and Jordan Windle was 15th. It is 13 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio. We're going to take a break and come back with Doug Keck, president and COO of EWTN. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. When you talk about the Reformation, you often hear it talk of five solas. Sola Scriptura, Sola Fide, Sola Gratia, Solus Christus, and Soli Deo Gloria. Catholics have no serious problem with Solus Christus or Sola Gratia. The problems are with Sola Scriptura and Sola Fide. Catholics will maintain that Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone, is itself unscriptural. Where in Scripture does Scripture refer to itself as the only infallible authority that we have? It's also illogical to say that you stand on Scripture alone presupposes that you know what Scripture is. And Frankly, we don't know what scripture is because it's a tradition that we've inherited. We don't establish it. We know what counts as holy scripture because Catholic bishops detected that certain texts were inspired by God. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta for Eastern on EWTN Radio. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
You're listening to Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, filling in for Teresa Tamio this morning. And just yesterday, I was talking to a dear friend of mine, Spence uh, Sandiha, about the importance of Catholic television and Catholic radio when we're talking about EWTN and the programs that we love. And he said, you know, I find no purpose in going to get the news anywhere else other than EWTN today. Doug Keck is with us now, president and COO of EWTN. And Doug, I'm finding more and more Catholics are getting all their news information and news sources from EWTN because they're kind of tired of what's going on in the secular media. Right, and that's great uh, if people can, uh, you know, access that and use that uh, as the mainstream media for for Catholics. We, uh, that's what we believe we are. Um, at the same time, we're we're there as a touchstone so that people can, uh, you know, take in the rest of what the world has to say, but uh, but have a, a kind of a, a rule a, a ruler against which you can measure everything, and that's a big part of it too. So uh, for people who can. Uh, contain it with that for their news that's fantastic we have all those outlets uh, what you guys do what Teresa does obviously cna the world over show for it's, it's 25 years this uh, september mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not and then of course uh, you know news nightly and in depth and uh, the vaticano show and uh, all the other programs that are done that uh, may not be specifically news but which deal with uh, cultural issues uh, inside the church as well there's a lot of crossover there as you know and so uh, we're happy to be able to be one of the platforms that uh, provides that kind of uh, information that people can trust yeah doug what spence and i were talking about he said to me yesterday he's a good friend of mine we are on the board of the eastern catholic Reevangelization center together and he said if i'm going to spend an hour watching news i'm going to get ewtn's news nightly and get Absolutely. that get get news that way, uh, and I think that was a great perspective. He goes, I have about an hour a day to to watch news, and why not get it from there? And and I'm like, you're right. <laughs> why Absolutely, not? and and that's great. And uh, and you know, a lot of us consume news during the day in bits and pieces, and so it's a great opportunity for those, especially who like to consume their news. Let's say, kind of get a wrap up for the day. It's a great wrap up for the day, and so we're we're really excited that people are are finding it and 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 making use of it. And that was what the goal is. Again, for Mother to always wanted people to understand exactly what was really going on and to contextualize the news, which is so slanted, as we know, even more so sure. today than it, than it ever has been. So, What else is coming up on the network, uh, Doug? Well, obviously, um, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but it is our 40th anniversary coming up in about a mm. week or so on the 15th, the Mother Angelica Awards coming up. So uh, next week we're going to start kicking off a lot of classic episodes of uh, some of our early series and programs with people like Benedict Rochelle and Scott Hahn, some of the, you know, Father Andrew Apostoli and other ones, Father Thomas Dubay, uh, Father Mitch's old series on the Old Testament. So the people can have dip into EWTN archives uh, to see some of these great programs, uh, so that should be fun. And then we have our normal uh, programming uh, this weekend. We've got a new program on the Society of St. Vincent de Paul and the work they mm. did dealing with the pandemic. Mm. And also we've got a re-air of the Feast of the Transfiguration Solemn Mass coming from the Holy Land. People can check that out uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a re-air. It aired very early this morning. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, Vianney Speaks, a program with uh, Leonardo de Filippis. So people can look for that. That's on uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Dominic, Light of the Church is a movie on St. Dominic, which uh, we're airing as well. That's tomorrow. Uh, beginning Monday, we've got a 
couple of programs on Edith Stein coming up as well. Oh. Uh, Lord's Lessons, a five-part miniseries. Now, this one's new. It's starting uh, on Monday the 9th, so people can check that out as well on Lord's. And then something near and dear to the hearts of people in Birmingham, Alabama, is the Father James Coyle 100th Anniversary Memorial. He was... Uh, a martyred uh, priest here in Birmingham, Alabama. Jim Pinto is a big uh, part of uh, promoting his uh, cause and his uh, his historical relevance here in the South, and people can look for that. And also our new bishop for EWT and Stephen Reka will be on with Father Mitch uh, next Wednesday as well as we roll into our 40th anniversary, so people can go to EWTN.com and find out about all the things that will be going on in the next week or so. Happy anniversary to EWTN. And, and, Doug, a question that I have gotten a lot over the years, uh, as a communications person, I, I published a, a local magazine here for 16 years on the Chaldean community and then now as a talk show host on Catholic Radio. I always get this question, so I'm going to pose it to you. Where do you get your story ideas? <laughs> you know, where does the inspiration come from? How do you guys decide what you're going to produce or write about or share with the audience? Well, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, basically, I think it's fair to say. I mean, from a, from a programming, I always call this opportunistic programming uh, is our approach because EWTN, I've been there 25 years, didn't have a lot of money, doesn't have necessarily a lot of money, but more money than we did thanks to the support of people over the years. But basically, a lot of it is uh, who shows up at your door and uh, people come in and we say, wow, they have something interesting to say. So over the years, the... The, whether it was Father Mitch before he started uh, working full-time at the network and certainly Father Benedict Rochelle and Father Thomas Dubay or a Scott Hahn shows up or a Father Robert Spitzer shows up yeah. and then and suddenly there's this opportunity and and you know we're open to what what should we do with this or we just look at a situation and we kind of look at the panoply of things and say where where are we missing something is there something going on out there in the church that we think would be important for us to bring up and obviously we have an opportunity through our news outlets but certainly the world over for many years and our live shows to bring guests in to talk about topics and a lot of the uh, series and programs came out of uh, you know uh, guests being on shows and somebody deciding or mother deciding in the early days to say gee why don't we do a series with this person so a lot of it was uh, like i said what i call opportunistic programming where where people show up at the right time in the right place with the right uh topic uh and then you know we we try to fill that void whether it's with uh, over the last few years a lot more higher end documentaries that we've been co-producing around the globe uh I, you know, those are doc- awesome yeah doctors of the church series yeah. now our heresies series which are top flight productions with excellent narration and scripts and beautiful reenactments and things like that that really uh have raised the level of a lot of what we're trying to do and uh, so we don't do quite as many talking head kind of uh, quickie series because we don't need to do them we have uh, plenty of them but we then feature those as guests and then obviously technologically we've we've uh, stretched ourselves around the globe so that we have input points of high quality from uh, everywhere from africa uh, you know, uh, England, uh, from uh, Germany, from Australia. So, uh, along with high-end Skype technology that's been driven by the pandemic, uh, it's allowed us to reach out and bring in more uh, programming from far-flung aspects of the church, and uh, that's excited. Like our, our program, the Catholic Sphere. So. Mm-hmm. 
You know, Doug, I know uh, Mother obviously is not physically present on Earth anymore, and I'm sure she's in heaven praying every day for all of us here, and especially EWTN, as you continue to evangelize the faith. But how does she still serve as an inspiration for all the work that you continue to do as you celebrate your 40-year anniversary? Well, it's very simple. Uh, EWTN is Mother Angelica's mission. It's not anybody else's mission. It was a mission that was given to Mother Angelica. As long as EWTN keeps that in mind as we move forward, that it's Mother's mission, um, then I think we do fine. I, I think we, uh, you know, we, we, we keep in mind the way she would think about things and her approach to things. And, and it's simple because it's loving Jesus, uh, you know, in the Son and loving Jesus in the Eucharist. Those are the two great insights that Mother had, I think, uh, along with her, uh, you know, reliance on divine providence and, the, and having ultimate trust. Um, of those things didn't mean like she said you know uh, wasn't uh, one uh, foot in the air and a queasy feeling in your stomach going forward you know <laughs> people think courage and she said it too you know courage isn't yeah. not being afraid courage is going forward even when you are afraid yeah. uh, so uh, that's what we have to always remember and at the end of the day we know who wins uh, regardless of how dark it may seem at certain times, uh, the church mm-hmm. has been through stuff before. It'll be through things again. We just our job is to remain faithful, as Mother Teresa said. So I think as as long as we try to keep that in our mindset, I think it's important. You know, we have our our headquarters where Mother started it. That's not changing. You know, we got the friars, the new the sisters just had an election. There's a whole new crop of sisters up there supporting some of our long-term sisters and so uh, I think the future is very bright again as long as we keep ourselves uh, focused on the eye on the prize which is on mother's mission and helping her succeed with what that mission God gave her so many years ago 40 years plus ago and Doug Keck, I think it's so important we got to let you go but I think it's so important that we use the tools that you provide in EWTN and evangelize the faith by spreading the information that you share with all of us. Doug Keck, thank you so much for being with us here on Catholic Connection. Great job. Let's continue our conversation. We're going to head into a break and then when we come back Steve Ray will be joining us talking about the feast of the Transfiguration. We'll be right back after this. Many young men interested in learning more about the priesthood are invited to the next St. Andrew Breakfast, which will take place on Saturday, August 21st at 8 a.m. at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Fort Worth. The day will begin with Mass at the Cathedral, followed by breakfast. We encourage young men in high school and college to attend. With limited space, please reserve your spot by August 19th to the Vocations Office or by calling 817-945-9321. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. How can you save an innocent life? 
learn a very effective method in being a peaceful, prayerful presence that has helped over 10,000 mothers turn away from abortion in Dallas. If you feel called to be a prayer partner or a sidewalk counselor, then join us for a free training on Saturday, August 21st, 10 a.m. to noon at St. Gabriel the Archangel Catholic Church in McKinney. For more information and to register, visit ProLifeDallas.org or call 972-267-5433. That's 972-267-LIFE. Did you know that the Knights of Columbus donated over $175 million to charity and volunteered over 75 million hours last year? They accomplished this with almost 2 million members. And with you joining the Knights of Columbus, we can give you an outlet to get involved. This is merely an opportunity, not an obligation, and your level of involvement will be completely up to you and your family. Join online today at www.knights.net. That's www.knights.net. We are talking about the Feast of the Transfiguration with the one and only Steve Ray, Catholic convert and speaker and pilgrimage leader and producer. He does it all. Steve, how are you? I'm doing good, Vanessa, and I'm happy to join you today on Feast Day of the Transfiguration. Such a pleasure talking with you. So let's talk about the Transfiguration, the Feast Day, and uh, exactly, you know, for people listening who may not be even understanding the Transfiguration, what is the Feast Day today? Why did the Transfiguration happen at this time, at this time, and, and, and where was Jesus headed? Well, good questions all. Let's just put that in the time frame. This is, uh-huh. Jesus has been with his disciples for three years. This is coming to the close of those three years. They're way up north at the northern tip of Israel, which is called today Banyas. And back in those days, Caesarea Philippi. And he appoints Peter to be the rock and gives him the keys of the kingdom or promises those to him. Now they're on their way back down south. They're heading towards Jerusalem for the crucifixion. Up there at the Mount, up there at uh, Banias, Jesus asks who to men say that I am. So he's getting that straightened around, getting so they really realize who he is. And then he goes up on the mountain of transfiguration because oftentimes God gives us mountaintop experiences before we hit the dark valleys. Mm. And this is one of those cases. He reveals himself to them on the mountain of transfiguration, which is Mount Tabor, by the way. I've been up there over a hundred times. Mm. And up there he, <clears throat> He's transfigured. That means his figure changes. It becomes like light. He shows his divinity. In other words, his divinity kind of oozes through his pores there for a moment. And he, all the light, and they, and they see who he is. Just those three special ones. Jesus had special disciples. He's just like the rest of us. He had good friends and better friends and best friends. And he had, John was the one that he loved. Peter, I think, he loved also in a special way to appoint him as what he did to point him to. And uh, then he had those three that were his special buddies that went with him here and in Garden of Gethsemane. But he reveals himself with Moses and Elijah, and he's bright as light to reveal his divinity so that they would have this experience of him before they go down into the valley, so to speak, of Jerusalem where he's going to be crucified. The mountain is, people always ask me, how high is it? It's like a just a big bump right in the middle of the Jezreel Valley. And I can just see God, Jesus saying to his father at creation, now I want a mountain right there because I'm going to need to use that later. <laughs> so <laughs> That's Steve, how we explain so, that. So that so Steve, mountain is just kind of there. You know, well, you've climbed it, you said, more than 100 times. Yeah, I've driven up it more than 100 times, but... 
one time, I just got tired of people asking me, Steve, how long do you think it took Jesus and the disciples yes. to get up here? okay. So one day, I just, I got a car, I, I rent cars when I go there so I can drive huh. around. It's kind of like my country when I'm there, you know, it's my backyard. And so I drove over there, and I parked at the very bottom in the village of Shibli, which is a Muslim uh, Bedouin village, and I hoofed it all the way straight up. I didn't go the road. I went right straight up the mountain the way Jesus would have done it, and it took me just under an hour, right about a minute, hour and 15 minutes to get to the top, and about 55 minutes to get back down. But now when people ask how long does it take, I can say they were not as much of a hurry as me, so they probably took an hour and a half to two hours to get up there. But I kind of half ran up to see how fast I could get up. It's 1,900 feet above the Jezreel Plain. Okay, so excuse my ignorance, Steve, because I have not been there, okay? So you can walk it and you can drive it today? Well, they have a switchback road. So there, what, what it is is you go halfway up the mountain uh-huh. in a bus because it's, okay. it kind of it, it, it creeps up on you. It goes up, 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 and then it gets steeper and steeper. But right when it start, starts to get real steep, there's a taxi station up there. And it's owned by the Bedouins in the village of Shibley, and they have vans. So the buses have to park. And then you get off the bus and you go get on the vans, 10 to 14 people on a van. And then they have a switchback road that goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, up the side of the mountain until you get to the top. And up at the top is the Franciscan Church. Mm. And it was, and it's a beautiful church. And it's uh, all about light and golden colors. And it's uh, right up on top of the mountain, the Franciscans. Have. We have Mass there. That's our first Mass of every pilgrimage. We always start the first day up there having Mass on the top of the mountain of Transfiguration, wow. where Jesus was transfigured. And when we come down, people say, you know what, I could go home right now. I've had enough. This is just, <laughs> I don't want to go down. And I said, that's exactly why the disciples said, can't we just stay up here? Yeah. Nobody wants to leave and go back down. Wow. But it's, um, yes, it, it is, um, the buses stop halfway up, and then you take the van. That's up the switchback road. But there is also a very rough trail. It's not even marked out, but there is mm. a way you can go right up from the lowest point, 1,900 feet crawling really steeply all the way to the top. Wow. So is there any confusion about the actual location? No, there is with some people, but not with people who know what they're talking about. Okay. There's <laughs> a, a lot of, what happened is, the, there was you couldn't build churches for the first 300, 350 years because it was illegal. In three thirteen, Constantine legalized Christianity, and then churches started to be built. And guess what happened? Immediately, they built churches up on top of this mountain because the early Christians knew where these things took place. You and I were just chatting offline about how your ancestors come from Iraq, which yeah. is the beginning of the whole Christian faith and Jewish and everything. Abraham came from Iraq. Mm-hmm. From Earth, I've been there. I've got that in my movie on Abraham. We went there to film there, and that is, those people there know where things happened because of their family tradition. It passes down. They know where these things took place. They don't forget. The early Christians knew where the transfiguration took place. It took place on top of that mountain, and it was right in the middle of the Galilee area where Jesus passed it all the time. And when he said, "Go up the mountain," everybody knew what that mountain is. It's the only one there. And the churches were built there from the very beginning, and they knocked them down, and Muslims knocked them down, the Persians knocked them, they built them again and built them again. And so the early Christians always knew where that was. Now, in the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, I don't remember the exact date, some Protestant came and said, well, I think it was really on Mount Hermon, which is 9,000 feet above sea level, which is way up on the Syrian-Lebanese border. I think this is where... 
they took place because it says after six days, whatever they took. And so they, they started passing on the new idea that the, um, the, the transfiguration took place up on that huge snow-covered mountain of Mount Hermon, but no Christians ever built a church there. No Christians ever had a tradition of that being the place for the first 1,800 years. And But I think most Protestants now, if you read their commentaries or go with their, they don't go on pilgrimages, they go on tours. And if mm. you go on those, they will point that out probably as the place where the transfiguration took place. But Catholics have known where it's been from the beginning. <clears throat> so what is the significance of Moses um, and Elijah showing up? Well, these two guys, why them? I mean, why not Adam and Eve or Noah or Abraham, who's called the friend of God, or mm-hmm. all these other people? Well, it's because if you were to... When I talk to you about the Bible, we would say, well, let's read this in the Old Testament. Well, they didn't call it that back then. That We only have an Old Testament because now we have a New Testament. But back in Jesus' time, when you look through the Gospels, he never says, in the Old Testament it says, he always says it this way, in the Law and in the Prophets. That is how what we call the Old Testament was referred to by Jesus, the Law and the Prophets. Let's take, take a break, seconds. Steve Ray. Let's, okay. take a, we'll, let's take a break, and we're going to continue the conversation right after this. Hi, this is Dave Palmer here at the station. I am so thankful for the many ways that you, our listeners, have blessed this station over the years, such as praying, making pledges, or donating meals, or volunteering during our charathons, or being a parish speaker. I'd like to suggest also two other important ways that you can help us. One is to support the sponsors you hear on this station, especially during our current crisis. And another way you can support the station is to become a sponsor. If you're interested, just email me, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the Mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org keeping you informed and inspired. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. News and information, Catholic conversation, inspiration, fun, and prizes are involved. Log on to our website to get all the details, to find all the information, the podcast, the videos, and so much more. GRNonline.com. That's GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. 
KTH 910 AM welcomes Emerson on Harvest Hill as a new sponsor. It's a senior living community in North Dallas near St. Rita Parish. Amenities include chef-prepared meals each day, transportation, social and educational events and activities, 24-hour security, and the participation in the sacraments. To learn more about Emerson on Harvest Hill or to arrange a tour and visit, you can contact Karen Ray via email at kray at emersonharvesthill.com or you can visit their website, emersononharvesthill.com. We are continuing our conversation here on Catholic Connection with Steve Ray. Before we took the break, he was uh, talking about the significance of Moses and Elijah showing up at the Transfiguration. So, Steve, let's let's continue that. I know we had to take a quick break, and you were in mid sentence. But what what else are you sharing with us about Moses and Elijah? Well, we had established the fact that Jesus referred to the Old Testament as the Law and the Prophets. So now you have it's like the passing on of the baton in the Olympics where one group comes and they hand the baton on and they say, run, and then the next group runs with the baton. And that's exactly what's taking place here. Moses is the one who represents the law and Elijah the prophets. Moses is the great lawgiver. Elijah is the great father of the prophets. So why? who would you expect to come and represent the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, but Moses and Elijah? So they are there. Now, interestingly, Moses had died and been buried on Mount Nebo on the other side of the Jordan River, and yet here he is alive. This is really interesting. So we talk about praying to the saints and so on, but the, the saints are alive, and here we see and they recognized who Moses was. But anyway, that's now they're handing on the baton to Jesus in a way. They're saying, here, we brought it all the way up through the Law and the Prophets. Now I know you're here with a new covenant. You're going to carry this all the way. In fact, in Luke's Gospel, it says that what were they discussing with Jesus? It tells us they were discussing his departure soon to take place from Jerusalem, meaning his crucifixion, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and glorification. So he's going to be departing from Jerusalem. That word departure in Greek is exodus. Mm. What had Moses led? He had led an exodus out of Egypt and through back into the promised land. What is Jesus going to do now? He's going to have his new exodus. He is the new Moses. He's the fulfillment of Moses, which is another reason it's on a mountain, because where did Moses have the first covenant with God? It all came from the mountain of Sinai. Now they're on another mountain, which represents that, and a new covenant is being discussed and talked about, a new exodus. And Jesus is going to leave this new exodus through the water, the Red Sea of water baptism, and then he's going to give them manna in the wilderness, which is the Eucharist, as we travel through our lifetime to get to the promised land, which is heaven. So this is why you have Moses and Elijah there talking to Jesus about the new exodus that's going to take place. And if you don't understand that, you really don't understand the transfiguration. And you you know, you were talking, Steve, about taking pilgrimages and, and going to this mountain more than a hundred times. Uh, what are pilgrimages looking like now, today? What's going on? We have them getting back in the swing of things. We have we're doing a couple in, in the United States because we are have much more freedom now. So we took one to Saint Augustine, Florida, in the spring. It was a fantastic. The beginnings of American history of Europeans coming here, the Spaniards. Came. We're going to do it again in November, November one through four, with Al Cresta. By the way, Al Cresta and I are going to lead that group to uh, Saint Augustine, Florida, for the history of America, the first American uh, town, fifty-five years before 
the pilgrims came. First parish, first parish mass, first marriage shrine in St. Augustine. We're going there in November. We're also doing other local trips, so you can go on my website. And we also have Israel coming up. It's a sold-out trip in September. Even if you wanted to get on it, you can't because the bus is already full. And we have Lords and Fatima coming up in September. And um, it looks like it, that one's going to fly because, um, you know, those countries are opening up now. We may have to get tested periodically, but we're going to go. And I've got uh, 30 people already registered. We still have a few seats left if people want to get on last minute. And then um, Israel, November and December and January are going to Israel. Again. So, so if people want to go to the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, I'll take you. So how do they do that, Steve? How do they register? The best way is to go to catholicconvert.com, which is my website. Big uh, Footprints of God banner at the top. Click on that, and you can see all of our pilgrimages, past pilgrimage videos of them, and current pilgrimages, what we got coming. And um, so you can do that. I have a phone number I'll list. I'll give it to you in a minute, so give people a chance to grab a paper and a pencil. But we have a phone number to call, too. But catholicconvert.com is my website with all the stuff we do, and uh, that's how you can get information on these pilgrimages. And you can sign up online, or you can call Corporate Travel, which we work with to set up our pilgrimages. So the number is 866-557-2364. Well, Steve, going back to Transfiguration, and you yeah. talk about Moses, and people will say, well, Moses was dead and gone. How could Jesus be talking to a dead guy? Right. This is what, when I was a Baptist, we used to challenge Catholics and say, where in the Bible does it say you should pray to dead people? Mm-hmm. And then my answer to that now is, where does the Bible say that saints are dead? They're yeah. very much alive in the presence of God. And Moses was one who was dead and buried. Now, Elijah's different. He went up into heaven, body and soul. He's one of two that we know in the Old Testament. Enoch and Elijah and Mary followed and did the same. But we, Moses, we know, died and was buried on Mount Nebo. It tells us that in the end of the book of Deuteronomy. And so for him to be there, recognizable, talking to Jesus, shows that they're very much alive. And um, if they're very much alive, then they are able to intercede for us. They're part of the body of Christ now, and they can intercede for us just like I can intercede for you or you can intercede for any of the listeners. And uh, so that is an interesting fact. I never thought of that before I became a Catholic. Mm, that is an interesting fact. And, and, and Steve Rays, who we're talking to today about the pilgrimages and the Transfiguration, and, you know, we are. it is the feast day of the Transfiguration, um, and you talk about the Gospel of Luke. Why is that your favorite? My favorite, because he actually uses the word Exodus in there, like we had talked about oh, before the okay. that, okay. that is so, to me, that when I discovered that, I, just, I was dancing around the room. This is so cool that Moses led an Exodus, now Jesus is leading an Exodus. Okay. And, that, and Luke is the only one that gives us that little tidbit. Now, mm-hmm. I'll give you another little tidbit I like about it, is that <clears throat> Jesus in the Old Testament, God says to Moses at the mountain, when they're out in the wilderness, he said that I will raise up for you another like you from among your own people, and when he, when he comes, listen to him. In other words, there's going to be a prophet like you, Moses, and it's going to, he's going to come later in time, but when he comes, listen to him. Now, what does Jesus, what is said from heaven on Mount of transfiguration. Jesus is there with Moses, who heard the words, listen to him when you find him, when he comes, and from the heaven it says, 
This is my beloved son. Listen to him. This is the one I was referring to in Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 18. This is the new Moses, and the word of God said, listen to him. Mm. Now, there, God the Father is announcing at that moment of the transfiguration that Jesus is the new prophet who is to come. He is the new Moses. He's going to deliver the people, not from Egypt, but from the world and sin and the devil. So that's why I love that passage so much. You know, we're talking about um, the transfiguration on the mountain, and I know what what's really hard for a lot of people to grasp, uh, um, Steve, sometimes is the Trinity. And so, and we, we look at the Trinity manifested on the mountain. What can you say to our listeners about that? The, you know, Father, well, Son, the, Holy the, Spirit. The Old Testament, God had such a problem with the people and the law and the prophets, I should say, because they could never get the idea of one God. They kept being seduced by all the other gods. Finally, at the end of the Old Testament, he says, wow. Finally, I got you to accept the fact that there's one God. Then God takes a deep breath and he says, Okay, now the new covenant comes. I have to now show you that he is one God, but there's three persons. So in the Gospels, we're introduced to Jesus, the second person of Trinity. In the book of Acts, we're introduced to the third person when the Holy Spirit comes down. So you have these kind of experiences where you see Jesus, you see the cloud. The cloud is a representative of the Holy Spirit. And you hear the voice from heaven. So there on the mountain of transfiguration, the, the Trinity is being revealed in a kind of an, a, a mysterious mystical way, but as we look back on it now, we can see it. Jesus, the second person, is standing there. The Holy Spirit is in the cloud coming down on him, and the voice from God the Father. We also see it at the baptism of Jesus. There's Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes down as a dove, and we again hear the voice of God. So the the transfiguration is really a time where Jesus also reveals his divinity, and he is... And he is um, showing them who he really is. He's giving them kind of an inside um, vision of who he himself is, divinity, because when they go to the cross, they, they still don't understand, though. I have to say, these guys are kind of dunderheads, because right <laughs> all the way till the resurrection, they still don't know what happened. They still are saying that, that they doubted they didn't know. But I have to ask myself, Vanessa, would I have been any better than them? Yeah, I was, I was I thinking the same thing. I probably would. I look back at you, and I look at it with the the blessing of hindsight. Yeah, yeah. But that's so true. They didn't have that. I I don't. Yeah. I doubt that I would have understood either, because I'm yeah. no smarter than those guys. That's for sure. That's so true, Steve Ray. We're going to take a quick break and come back and round uh, finalize the show with you after this break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Now, when Jesus was on earth, he taught us a great lesson. He taught us that he came for the sinner, not the virtuous. He came for you because you are imperfect, because sin comes easy to you, and sometimes you don't have the willpower to say no. But you see, if you understood the awesomeness of God and all his power and all his wonder, and he comes down to our level, 
He wanted to feel. How do you feel? I don't know anybody that loves anyone that much. And this imperfect being that's you and me and all of us, he did it for us. That's why you should never despair because you're imperfect. For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. We're talking about the feast day of the Transfiguration here today on Catholic Connection with Steve Ray. Such a wealth of information. He gives us such a great outline, too. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, Steve, when Peter said, let us build booths, and was Peter's comment kind of a blunder, or what did he mean by that? A lot of people think that he just blundered. It's kind of like, didn't know what... It does say he didn't know what to say. It does... He, he was... I think all of them were awestruck. They were shocked, just like I would be or you would, seeing Jesus transfigured or seeing him walking on the water. Those kind of things would just, you, you would just be dumbfounded. But he says, let, let us build a tent for you and a tent for Elijah and Moses. And people say, well, what, why would he say that? Mm-hmm. Well, the reason is, is because in Jewish law and in the book of Leviticus, it said, quote, you shall dwell in booths. For seven days, all native Israelites shall dwell in booths or tabernacles or tents. That's all the same word. So if you go to Israel now, to Jerusalem, for example, during the festival of booths, mm-hmm. then you will find that they are the Israelites are living outside of their houses and apartments in booths or tents with branches, tree branches over the top of them. And that is because they had to remember when they came out of the land of Egypt that they were sojourners and strangers, and they lived in tents, and they lived rough. So they have to do that every year for a week to remind themselves and to remind their kids. It's kind of like a lesson, a history lesson. So this was during that time. This was during the time of the Festival of Booths. So Peter was actually very astute. He is thinking, Old Testament, oh, Lord, well, since we're up here, we have to build booths because that's what the law says, so why don't I build one for you and one for Abraham and and, and Moses and Elijah? It was really quite a smart thing to say, but it was just the wrong time because then it said Moses and Elijah went away, and then you've got the whole, I think the whole thing is summarized in this one statement, and then there was Jesus alone. Hmm. They saw Jesus. In other words, Moses was important. Elijah was important. All of these other people are important, but Jesus alone is who we see. And that is all about him, all of them, even Mary. Mary Hmm. even is pointing and saying, Jesus alone. She doesn't want our worship. We can't worship her. She's a creature. She points to her son, Jesus alone. So yeah. then uh, I know that we got just a minute left. Peter yeah. recalls this event. Yeah. This is really interesting, too. He recalls mm-hmm. it, and it's, it's a historical event, and it proves that he was there. He says in Second Peter chapter 1, For we do not 
follow cleverly devised myths that were made known. But we talked to you about the power of our, G- of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, we saw him on the mountain. And he recalls that again at the end of, of the New Testament remembering that day when they heard the majestic glory say, listen to him. Yeah. And so of all the things that you've shared with us, and we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration, what should we be doing today, Steve? We should be seeing Jesus alone, remembering that all of history culminates in Jesus Christ. We get tied up in all kinds of problems in our world, in politics and medicine and masks and who knows what else travel restrictions and business problems and family problems, but the whole thing, we've got to remember that there is something that transcends it all, and we have been blessed to discover that. Most of the world has not. They wallow in the problems of the world. We also live in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're of the mountain of transfiguration. That's where we are. We have seen the majestic glory of Jesus Christ, and we know that we have a better home, another mountain that we're heading to. So we live our life today with the hope and the trust in Jesus Christ that he is under control, everything is under control, and we're under his wing. Steve Ray, thank you so much for joining us here on Catholic Connection and sharing with us the Feast of the Transfiguration. You're welcome, Vanessa. I enjoyed doing it with you. God bless you. God bless you and all the work that you're doing, Catholic Convert Steve Ray. It's been a wonderful sitting in Teresa's uh, host chair today with you. She'll be back on Monday and Tuesday. I'll be back filling in for her on Wednesday, and then she'll be back Thursday and Friday. I wish everyone a very blessed weekend, and happy birthday blessings again to my wonderful husband, Ron Garmo. See you next time here on Catholic Connection. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Does today still hurt? Is it still hard? Are you grasping at ways to move beyond and truly heal from the pain and trauma of sexual abuse or assault in your past? Unfortunately, this is a reality for many people. Faithful help is available. Dawn of Mercy is a ministry registered with the Dallas Diocese that provides healing after sexual assault. We have a three-day faith-based and trauma-informed retreat for women from August 6th through 8th. For more information, call 469-613-3296. Para Car Care is a proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Here at Para Car Care, we are devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the Eulis area, 817 685 
817-281-2222. And for the North Richland Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at parcarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 